You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Oh, man. Hello. Welcome to episode 35 of Heart and Soul. Hi. This is Catherine. This is Chelsea. (laughs) And we're joined in studio with the amazingly beautiful and sweet soul, Christy Ray. Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) She's on the opposite side of things this time around. The last time she was... Oh, yeah. Tech, she was not on our podcast, but she was present I for... I witnessed. Yeah, she if y'all remember one. the episode with Arissa Yoon, she, uh, Chrissy Ray and her partner Erica were here recording us record on film for the documentary. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit, obviously, about the documentary later on, but we have... Sweet Chrissy for the whole episode. Um, so we are going to go ahead and include her in our intro with all the happies and crappies that are happening. <laughs> mm. But first, you want to start with a review of the week? Surely. Why not kick it off with this? Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea why don't you read the review of the week? <laughs> you have to every single time. She Did loves when I call her that? Chelsea. I have this, like, my pet peeve is... People with like super southern accents, they call me Chelsea with, with a, a T. Chelsea. Chelsea. Literally makes my skin crawl. And so she I like to throw it in there every now and then. Doing it. And so do Macy and Troy do it to me. All it's the so time funny too. to me. Like, how, and how do you Jordan, know? What did he write recently? Yeah, Jordan does it too. And you're I marrying him. I think when we went bowling, he wrote like Chelsea, Chelsea. with a T um, on, on my the name. screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does stuff like that all the time. I love it's it. Pretty annoying. But anyway. Yeah, life will never be boring with Mm-mm. him. It's okay, just begun. So this one is called Life Changing with three exclamation points from Minecraft Lover 1616. I mean, whoever you are, thank you. Thank you for that username. And for being authentic. Yeah, you're being true to yourself. <laughs> and she or he says, ever since I started listening to this podcast, my whole outlook on life has changed. I've struggled in the past with anxiety and body image, and this podcast has really taught me how to retrain my thoughts. It is beyond relatable, and I truly look forward to listening every week. Please never stop recording. I love you guys. Oh, Thanks, Minecraft lover. So sweet. To say something as bold as, like, my whole outlook on life has changed. That's a lot of pressure. Holy. Well, it shouldn't be, because you're not trying to do anything. I think that's what's beautiful. It's just just really crazy. It's crazy. To think that that type of impact has happened. And honestly, if that's the only thing that's come of this podcast is changing people's perspective then that's the goal that is the end nothing else matters so thank you so much we will never stop recording if you never change your name from (laughs) minecraft lover keep it forever and if you all never stop leaving reviews so please go on and please pause right now leave a review i mean click five stars if you feel so inclined yep which you should and um, we Just love you. Just write a few words Thanks. and we'll love you forever and we'll probably read it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, now, happies and crappies. Does anyone have any... Oh, man. ...ringing out right now that they need to share? I had an awesome weekend. My happy... What's today? Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. I, over the weekend, went camping with my fiancé and our pup. And we went west, and it was spontaneous. We just, I got home from working, like, three weeks straight and was exhausted. And I just looked at him, and I said, 
do you want to go camping tomorrow? I don't know where we'll go, let's just go. And so we started packing the truck up and just headed west and we found a campsite that was free, we found online, like freecampsites.net is somewhere we frequent a lot for our vacations. Pulled off on this old creek and just pitched a tent and stayed there for two nights and had no idea where we were or anything. We just brought food and brought that takes like such so a special, fun. spontaneous soul. It does. I am not. I'm not that, that soul at all. I feel like so. Are you guys? I feel like you're all you're such like mountain people, but you're also such beach people. Like, are you are you like nuts. nature people? Yeah, nature we, nuts. We yeah. love it no matter where. We wanted to leave the beach, obviously, because so many people were coming here right. for yeah, the Labor holiday Day. and. Mm-hmm. Um, my crappy kind of ties in with like me wanting to get out of town we got some not so great news about our house um that we love and adore we're we're currently renting right now but um really trying to buy it and it's not really for sale it's like kind of for sale for 10 million dollars because it's on this track of land in Uh. Wilmington that's like trying to be developed but it's the only building on the land and it's a 96 year old cottage on the beach in Masonboro Sound and um, found out it's like under contract right now to a developer so it's not a bummer because I am working day in and day out I have (laughs) called the historic society it is on the national register of historic places I got Mona Smalley involved she wrote a book about Hewlett's Creek back in the 80s what I have been girl you better do it going I called the realtor I like I got the papers I am ready to do a sit-in like they're gonna tear it down all this you know but they're not because we're we've been praying every day since we moved in for a way to be able to keep the house. And I got to a point where we were on the phone with the realtor and he told us like, your house is going to be sold and there's nothing that you can really do about it. And I just start welling up. Cody starts crying. I, you know, it's like, we kind of like lost a little bit of hope for a second. And it's such like a personal thing. You guys don't even know anything about it. So it's like kind of the tip of the iceberg I'm just tapping into, but basically I just needed to get away from that energy and like reset and recenter and refocus. And Cody did as well and realize how anything is possible. You mm. don't have to buy into what mm. is told to you. You know, if you don't want to believe it, there's ways to do it. People just are sometimes too lazy or they don't believe in themselves enough to, to think outside the box. So we needed to get out of town to refocus and come back recharged and take ownership over what we really want. And I think it's definitely possible. I just felt really overwhelmed mm. being there at that time. Yeah, you needed to get out. So yeah. got out. Press reset. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. Coming back, I'm like, ooh, woke up this morning. Yeah. Like, it's, it's going good. All those reasons, like you calling the real estate agent and, yeah. and the historic whatever, all those go get her things you just said are the exact reason why you're sitting on this podcast. I know, exactly. <laughs> you're just such a boss. Like I just can't I can't sit back and let like, something oh, happen. You covered, know? Yeah. She's like, don't worry, it's gonna we're yeah. gonna live there forever. Yeah. I just love that. I energy. showed up at the historian's doorstep. She's an eighty two year old woman. She was in her ninety at one one PM. I bought her address on the white pages. I was like, I have to know. I have to know who put this in the National Register of Historic Places. She lives on Beasley Road. I just like knock on her door. She's like, who are you? And I just start crying. And she says, honey, come in. Oh. And she sat me down at her table and she showed me pictures of every house on the Sound in the historic district. 
from like 1800s, you know, wow. and talked to me. And she said, do you have time? I said, I got time. And yeah, I got all the time We just had the like world. a whole day together. And she told me who to call and how, what the next step should be. And I did what she said. And now the ball's rolling. So we could have a whole podcast yeah. on this topic. Let's let's do it. Yeah, come I'll come back. back when it's like we're under contract yes. for us. And we'll That's be like, right. This is how you do that. it. You speak that into existence. Manifest yes. that. Yeah. That's incredible. The thing is that I don't understand about that type of thing is like if you are the only house on however many acres, why can they not just spare that one lot yeah. and then if they have to build around it? Exactly. Whatever, but it's money. Point, it's point two acres out of sixty-seven. You know, yeah. And that's how I feel. I said it would be in everyone's best interest to just let us stay here. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll take we care. We got of a money-hungry city. Yeah. And world. Yeah. Clearly, well, that's good. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Recharged. And recharged. Yeah, definitely and recharged. That's awesome. Time away from everything. You know, no cell phone service. Nothing. It just feels. Good. I'm like not. Um, a camper I I have camped and I worked at a camp every summer of college but that was like more of like cabin mm-hmm. camp experience whenever there's a tent involved I'm like the worst version of myself and I like really <laughs> want to be a camper but like I'm just not and so in I'm college one time um my best my roommate and I and her boyfriend at the time and my boyfriend at the time went on this camping trip in Oklahoma like a pitch a tent situation and I'm like uneasy the whole ride there. I'm like, be cool, be cool. Because like she's so hippie and cool and earthy. And so is her now husband who was her boyfriend at the time. And then my ex-boyfriend was like super cool too. And just like down. And I wasn't down. Like I was just anxious. You were just trying. Mm-hmm. So we hard. get there, we stay in at this like mountain area in like a cave of the mountain. So it's freaking freezing. And where they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, we're going to be, like, sleeping in a cave. I'm like, yeah, in theory, that sounds great. But it's Oklahoma. It's the windiest, like, state in the world. And it's, like, March. So it's still kind of chilly. Anyways, all this to say, by about 8 p.m. that evening, they couldn't find me. I had hiked back to the cars and got into the car, stole the keys, and slept in the car that night. (laughs) Like, I was nutso. I was like, I'm not sleeping here. It was miserable. So that's like I me. I feel more bad for the people she was camping with. Oh, yeah. Like, they, weren't they terrified that you had fallen? Well, no, I told them. I was like, I can't stay here. But, like, I was gone. Like, <laughs> I was, like it wasn't. I cannot. I can't stay here. <laughs> I cannot. Um, needless to say, me and that guy did not last. Yeah, I was wondering, <laughs> But it's not like, because how? of the camping trip. But the, after that, they were like, we know. We probably shouldn't have brought you in this situation. But, like, I hear stories like this. They're like, we just headed out west and pitched a tent. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. It's cool. I'm just I wish not I could cool. be like cool with it too. I can Jordan do a cabin. Like, we should when we have kids and stuff. We should camp, and I'm like, that's just the complete opposite of my idea of fun. Yeah, like that's. I think you can't me force out. it for sure. Can't force yeah. fun. I I didn't camp like this as a kid. I went to like family campgrounds with like outhouses and you know cold showers and stuff. I can rock that. We don't shower. <laughs> See that? That's we're like bathing in the creek, you know. Yeah. We did a cross country trip with Kaya um, when we first started dating. We drove from here to San Diego and then flew to Hawaii and then drove back. And no big deal. I don't think I showered for like five days, and it's like you know you love someone when like yes. the scent of their bo is like 
that candle. Like hot, you those pheromones. Like, you know, you want to like bottle it up and you're like, yep, that's for me. Like I was like, he imprinted on me. I was like, Imprinted? Hey, yes. You're here for me. I love the way you smell after five days. Like it's all good. Oh. We're in the desert. Like you it, stink, Yeah. You if I absolutely have to, like when I went to Nicaragua and when I go to Haiti, like I'm disgusting. We shower in rivers and things like that. And I like, I can mentally prepare for a situation like that yeah. for the greater good of the world, but I'm not like content. It's not like a fun <laughs> vacation for you. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I just like annihilated the happies and crappies. Yeah. Tangent done. Do you have any happy and crappy, Chelsea? Chelsea? Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Um, <laughs> this sorry, weekend was probably my happy as well. We went to Raleigh Friday spent some really good family time. I got to see my little nephews who are so fun and we stayed the night and I went, Jordan, I had a photo shoot Saturday morning. So Jordan went to my nephew Jake's baseball game and I went to go pick him up to go to breakfast with my parents that morning and I walk in and the first thing my nephew says to me, he's seven, Aunt Charles, when you get married, are you going to get pregnant right away? Oh, God. Literally the first thing he says when I walk in the door. And I was like, he's getting some cousins. Um, no. <laughs> At least not that I know of. <laughs> and why are you asking me that? Where is this coming from? Anyway, so I just got a kick out of that. And then, he wants a cousin. Yeah. Well, he's about to have another little brother in December. So I know. He'll have his little fix. But maybe cousins are cooler than brothers. I don't know. I think that's sweet that little kids think about those things. Yeah, you know, it is. When you meet someone and you love someone and you get married. You and make a baby. You have a baby. Yeah. yeah, I can, I get yeah. it. I get it. Um, and they've been so excited about the wedding and just adorable. So, yeah, yeah, so he's in it. And then his little brother, Jackson, he's four. He's our ring bearer. And so we're so excited. Um, so that was fun. And then we came back here and just had a really fun weekend with friends just like a good relaxing time which I felt like this whole summer was just go 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 traveling I was working bachelorette bachelor parties and things like that and it just blew by and we didn't see like anybody I feel like I have not had any quality time Mm -hmm. with anyone so that was a nice little recharge um and then obviously we were talking about this before my crappy is that there's a hurricane that's about to come our way (laughs) and I'm we're all kind of staying positive, and everyone's been texting me and calling me and being like, how are you feeling with your wedding next week? I'm like, honestly, fine. Like, I, there's nothing I can do about it, first of all. And second of all, at least it's not this weekend. If it was this Friday, it'd be a it different this, story. Yeah, if it was this Friday, I would be probably losing it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely stressful. I Overall, other than that, I feel great about it. It's just growing a little... Yeah, wrench a little into the mix. If anything, you just get like four days of downtime to chill and prepare. Yeah, preparations. Exactly. Yeah, you know, work gets kind of put on hold when there's a hurricane. So I'm oh, the I'm schools are shut down. Like, like the and yeah. honestly too, like because I knew the wedding was this week, luck or next week. Luckily, like I didn't really schedule a whole lot. I'm mm-hmm. all of my work is pretty much done. I just sent off my last gallery. Um, and then I don't have anything until after. So other than teaching at the studio a little bit, so that it's been good. Like I'm like, all right, I literally don't have anything else to stress over, and all we have to do is just prepare to not have power for yeah a few days. But it's hard not to have like deja vu flashbacks mm-hmm. of Florence last year, and like I remember just being so scared and leaving on a Monday, knowing that our 
town was about to get plummeted on that Friday, and it was like, oh, it was eerie. Great. That is the exact day that we're getting married next year. And so this whole year, I've hung on to this fear of like, gosh, this could happen to us too. And now that it's like a possibility of coming in, is like, I don't know, just like a really weird mm-hmm. feeling, like of something. I read this book called The Noticer, and there's a quote from it that I want to tell you that has always stuck with me, and it says, whatever you focus on actually increases. So you focusing on your fear makes Mm -hmm. the fear bigger. It doesn't really change what's going to happen, but it just attracts more fear and anxiety. But you focusing on how beautiful your wedding day is going to be, regardless of what happens, that happy, like peaceful, positive, lovely feeling is going to grow and everyone's going to start feeling that. It's kind of like what we were just talking about, believing the hurricane might not be bad. Yeah. So try to focus on the great yeah. part instead of the fear, yeah. you know? And I really am. Like, honestly, even Jordan and I have been like, it's fine. Like, we're doing this. Yeah. And ultimately, I don't care what it looks like. I really don't. I re- All I care about is that all our people can get here. Yeah. Because there's literally only, like, maybe 12 people that are coming that are actually in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And the rest, right. you know, driving the in. other 130-something are either driving or flying here. So it's more just... As long as the people that are yeah. supposed to be there are there. I could be anywhere with anything, mm-hmm. with any food, with any music. <laughs> like, and that's all I really care about. So, But I think we'll be in the clear. My wedding planner just texted me. She's like, I have a wedding on, on Sunday at your venue. I'm going to let you know how it goes. Don't stress about it. So Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're still going according to plan for this weekend. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. And I know people will rally for us. Yeah. So, yeah. That's... Yeah, if you need some road clear... You know, whatever. Yeah. We got chainsaws. <laughs> we just come out. Just call Chris. Just, no, just call, just call everyone on here. I know. Hey, guys. I know. Listeners. <laughs> yeah. I really believe that. It's going to work out. Well, you last put year, way too much good out in the world for something like that to happen. No, thank you. Yeah, we were yeah. just talking about this, too. Like, last year during Florence, the city was, like, eerily so soaked eerie. in fear. Yeah. And this year, I feel like everyone has a different perspective of, like, it's not going to be that bad. And it's it changes the game. Yeah, it's so crazy to yeah. like be able to parallel these two years and be like, wow, it's it's nuts how much the energy you can feel the energy of like the city mm-hmm. and and sense like what's to come and like like you said, kind of manifest like, all right, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, we were so. actually out of town shooting a feature film in Elizabeth NBD. City. Elizabeth City, Elizabethtown, wherever it got hit really bad, like uh-huh. by White Lake, and we didn't really know. It's like when you're in feature film world, you just you go day by day. It's like what scenes are we shooting now, and you forget right. you have a family, you forget about your Life. pets, you you're just yeah. there making the movie happen for 28 days, and it was like four days before wrap. We heard we heard through the grapevine. It came to us. I think like people at Lighthouse were telling us. We have all the gear. They need to start packing up hard drives. And we said, is this serious? This is a storm? What's happening? We were, like, in Beulahville in a parking lot deciding mm-hmm. that we need to evacuate, like, making this situation wow. to call off the rest of the movie. We had to pick it back up in November. It shut down wow. production for three months. It was yeah. a really big deal, but I wasn't in town for all of that buzz. Yeah. Also, my grandpa had passed away, so I, like, had to go to his funeral. I, like, skipped the Wilmington mm-hmm. panic attack. Yeah. I just went straight... It was you know, wild. To Newburn, it was really it was, different for me because I wasn't involved. I wasn't here. 
I remember being at work when I was still working at Live Oak and we were all just watching the news and I was like, I just kept getting this like sinking feeling and I was like, we got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't care about what everyone's saying right now. Like, we just need to, we need to go. I had this like intuition and I remember that night we left Monday and then everyone else kind of left Tuesday, Wednesday, which I was so glad because it took people like hours and hours just to get to Raleigh, which normally takes like two and Gosh, that feeling of packing up your house and leaving and being like, we literally might not Not come back back. to anything. Because at that point, they thought it was going to hit us at like a five and Mm -hmm. we would have been gone. Yeah. Everything would have been pummeled. Right. So. Yeah, it's a different feeling this year, which is good. Yeah. A little more rest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have a little more rest. (laughs) We don't feel like freak out and panic. Yeah. Um. What about yours? <laughs> These are taking a while. I know. I'm like, my what? <laughs> so good conversation. Your what? Your hobbies Your and happy. crappies. My hobbies and crappies. Um, my hobby is Michael's been out of town for like so many weekends. This Well, like either him or me or both of us have been out of town for so many weekends this summer. And this weekend was our first weekend in like six weeks where we were both here. So we went out with friends Friday night and then Saturday – we were like, I just don't really want to leave the house. Like, I want to, like, create a routine again together here. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Macy invited us over where y'all were, and we were like, mm-hmm. I just don't feel good about leaving. So we just, like, spent the day together, like, working and catching up on, like, real-world life. And I had this moment where I was like, a lot of people, like, dread the mundane things of life. But I was like, this is, like, my favorite yeah, part of life is just, like, running errands and working on our laptops and like being in our living room and yeah I just had a really like I'm so thankful for our life moment on Saturday and then um my crappy is I mean I don't probably that the hurricane's coming but like I'm not really fearful so I I don't I'm not I'm just like I think it's a crappy because you know businesses shut down and you kind of like have to pause for like a couple days and like mm-hmm. um you know when you you work hourly that's like hard but I mean I'm not like stressed about it it's just kind of like meh I mean let's have a hurricane party we're probably gonna have no power so we might as well play I'm, dominoes and I'm drink down wine. yeah I'm down for that <laughs> dominoes <laughs> and wine is my love language I wish we were I mean, all neighbors. I know. I know. We could like so fun. put on the rain boots and like walk yeah. over. <laughs> we could get in our kayaks and yeah. paddle yeah. over. <laughs> I was thinking about blowing ours up just in case. Just yeah. Like, yeah, we got one in the backyard. <laughs> we have a paddleboard. That's we like meet on Eastwood Road <laughs> yeah. in our in our kayaks. We're like, what's up? I don't think the surge is going to come. It's not going to be down. that bad. It didn't even with Florence. No. No, it I'm wasn't. I'm kind of using that to gauge, like, our house will be fine, because Last during year. Florence, nothing came up to it. Right, you right. Know, yeah, we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're we're okay. fine. I just hope, like, some of the trees that were weakened with mm-hmm. Florence aren't going to now come down with Florence. And fall. Yeah, because yeah, we have this, like, huge pine tree behind our house, and I'm like, oh, God. We have a freaking forest back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But none of them fell last year on our house. Yeah. We were worried we were going to come back to, like, a roof caved in, Insane, like, a lot of people. Yeah. And we were like, how did this house not get hit? Like, that's all woods. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. We'll see. Cody we'll and I see. spent two and a half weeks doing disaster relief after in New Bern and in Wilmington. And we were so lucky. Yeah. You know, 
it was like we never even got to our house to we were renting at the time so like to report you know our half of a limb that fell here and this mm-hmm. kind of thing here it was like it felt it felt measly no compared yeah. to what we were helping people right. get out of the flooding Gosh. in Leland I mean it just was unreal yeah we went and served at um Hoggard High School because yeah. they did like a shelter there we served there for a day and we were like oh my gosh like the amount the hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of families that were just like living on on cots in yeah. Hogger High School gym was and like that family we gave the sweat and shop money to yeah their whole house their was whole destroyed their whole house mm-hmm. was like they were living in tents in yeah. a park in, for, yeah, yeah in the park and then they eventually when I went and dropped off the money for them they were still living in their backyard because mm-hmm. their house was unlivable and that was like a month later wow yeah so yeah. Perspective is everything, mm-hmm. right? It really is. We're very blessed. Okay, moving on to the um, hot topic interview. of today, the actual <laughs> interview, 45 minutes in. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I love um, it. So, Christy Ray, I'm going to let you kind of intro yourself, but um, what would you say, like, your job title is? Like, film producer, film director? Film actress. Actress, oh. like, film girl? Uh yeah, it depends on who I'm talking to and what I where I want the conversation yeah. to go, how I introduce myself. But um, I've been working in the film industry for 13 years. I currently am a producer and creative director at my company with Erica Edwards, Honeyhead Films. Shout but out. About 50% of the time, I'm just an actress too. And I love that as much. It's like my first love. So in a way, I love it more, but after becoming a creative producer and person that can give jobs to people and help bring people together instead of always just starving for the work, I find creative producing more fulfilling than just acting. And what I really love to do is both at the same time. You're so good at it. Like, so Honeyhead Films is who did the documentary for Soul, which we'll talk about later, but like we had what, four days on and off of like, it was actually two. But y'all did two like days four. of, like, going to different sites and filming and all that stuff. Yeah. and sort of like an exercise for yeah. interns, you know. Like, let's shoot B-roll today, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. About but, like, days. the way yeah. that you direct and lead in those situations is so calming and peaceful. And I'm sure even our listeners notice now, like, your voice just has this, like, peaceful presence to it. It really does. That I'm sure in, like, a very stressful situation, like a – like making a feature film or making a documentary or directing all these different pieces to come together into one beautiful like vision that you and Erica have, you kind of need to have that like patience and peace about mm-hmm. you and you exude that, which is like was so cool for me because I was like, I've never been in front of a camera like this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I needed your presence (laughs) you did really well it was super fun and I think it's funny you mentioned that I was just on the phone trying to book us a venue for the for the doc screening and the girl says did you just wake up I get that all the time and I say because your voice is so calm she's like or are you just always this calm or somebody says did you just get out of yoga are you always just this calm I think it's just that's just who you are have you always been that way I would say that people I went to high school with would never describe me as that. So probably not. I think I just matured into yeah. a very confident and calm person. And I used to kind of be a spaz, so probably not. I don't really know when my voice became like this mellow, 
thing where people think I'm sleeping all Honestly, the time. Honestly, you could be on that I calm that app where people yeah. like talk you to sleep. Yes. I would so listen to you. If you could just record a couple. Sure. sure. <laughs> For me, I'll save it to my phone and just listen to it. Just right night. now when we stop, she can just I'm just going to listen to this podcast <laughs> over and over and over again. And then my voice great. comes in and I wake up and scream. <laughs> but anyway, so true. So, I know. Last week when I when we were like, who are we going to have on the podcast? I was like, Christy, she has the best voice ever. That's I just so like, awesome. Cuddle up and I just want to like grab a blanket. Yeah, I'll tell y'all stories anytime. <laughs> so um, back to film. What started your love for acting and film and media? I've literally never wanted to do anything else when I was growing up. Once I realized that you could be an actor, that's what I wanted to do. I have a moment. I remember. Um, being with my grandma at the theater in New Bern, and we went to see The Sound of Music, and there's a little girl character, Greta. She's mm-hmm. probably about five or six years old, and there was a young girl. I don't remember who was acting in it, but I was about her age, and I remember identifying with her, like seeing someone. I could be there. I could be doing that. And leaning over and, and asking my tutu, my grandma, if... What do you call her? My tutu. It means grandma in Hawaiian. That's so cute. Tutu. She's a wonderful angel. She's not with us anymore, but Mm. she's my person. And she told me, yeah, you can do that too. And she flipped the program over and they were having auditions for the first play that I did. And I grew up doing theater and it was way different than film. And I always, there was kind of, a curiosity about making movies that I didn't get to explore until I graduated high school. My mom wasn't that kind of stage mom type that was going to push me or really even facilitate me, you know, becoming a professional actress until she realized I wasn't going to stop wanting to do that. And she said, well, just finish high school and then I just want you to be happy. Whatever you want to be when you grow up, as long as you're happy, you can go do that. So I left North Carolina at 17 and I moved to California and you know, have been working at it ever since, but the love of filmmaking came at that age. About 18, I did my first feature film, and it's so intimate. It's so different than theater. It's it's not like the singing, dancing, tap dancing, you know, like who can reach the back of the audience with their voice and, and overdo it. It's like an intimacy that I became really fascinated with. Um, meeting Erica it was 10 or 11 years after I started acting professionally I met her through a casting call actually on Craigslist which is so sketchy now (laughs) in in hindsight but that was just meant to be that was meant to happen she was casting for her her first directorial writing and directing um, short film and she's a really good writer narrative film and I loved her script and we met just like through a video audition and met in person on set. So it was like this like soul sister moment where we I knocked on the door and she she opened it and she said Sorry. she said there's your foot. She said, Hi and I said, Hi and we just both kinda of did the same little jig thing and it was really <laughs> odd and I just you know, we're like the same. We're the same. We're born ten days apart, same year, same personality kind of, but not really. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, we've been working together creatively. This is like a really long sentence. I'm just going, going on and on. Just keep but, so interested. Keep, I love um, it. it was about two years after meeting her that we produced our first film as Honeyhead. And that came from 
just a boredom with the kind of roles I was auditioning for and the the character tropes that a cute blonde girl in mm-hmm. the southeast gets called in for you know hot girl number two or nagging waitress or you know checkout girl or bartender and hot mom and all this stuff that just there was nothing meaty there was nothing interesting I I have a great emotional range I trained at Lee Strasberg in New York City I went to school for method acting and I was never able to use my skills and to explore characters because they're just throwaway parts and it's all about how you look and your physicality and I was just so much more interested in in like the depth of really subtle good writing so Erica wrote something and we produced it in Wilmington we got a bunch of friends together we paid them pennies it was like what we had you know a stipend but people were excited to work on something it was a time when narrative film had left the state and Mm -hmm. everything had kind of gone to Georgia so people were stoked and and we did a movie in like I think it was three or four days and afterwards everyone said um you guys should do this again this was the best film set we've ever worked on it was so calm and it was so organized and it was so la 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 all this stuff we're looking at each other thinking like fake it till you make it we have no idea what we're doing but mm. we watched other people do it we we saw what not to do what works what doesn't and we just kind of came up with our own formula the main goal was to just create a positive environment and I think that vibe went real far and that is the explanation of all the success that we've ever had it's just keep good company treat people better than they expect to be treated do your homework ahead of time be over prepared for everything and strive for you know to to just be true to what's in your heart and our we're so passionate about our work that I think you can't go wrong if that's what you're doing right and we don't always have the best gear or know what's going on we just fake it quite a bit and it works out just fine so now we do documentaries we do music videos we do commercials we love narrative that's like our heart our heart and soul is narrative Um, and that's like the end goal is to be able to have investors come in and fund our big projects. And I think we're working towards that every day we get bigger news and new things happening. It's kind of like you two, this dynamic duo where it's like the Midas touch and like whatever you want to happen becomes, and it just, it just is. And I don't know if everyone's that lucky they just have to tap into it or if we're just really blessed and we know that mm-hmm. and so things are working out but I'm sure you can relate Do I you think feel everyone that has that that potential and like you said like you you stepped out of fear and just went for it and that's when things come out of it on the other side like no one has it all figured out you don't half the time really know what you're doing yeah in those scenarios and I do think everyone has it within them to make those types yeah. of dreams happen it's just a matter of that's like the secret that people it. talk about it, yeah, yeah it seems yeah. like every guest we've had on this show who's like chasing after their dreams or their callings if that's what you want to call it which I believe it's a calling it seems like their biggest advice is like just do it just do it yeah. like if you don't know what to do that's okay we didn't I don't I still don't know what I'm if doing if I waited yeah. until I knew anything I wouldn't even be doing anything I I don't know anything every day I'm learning 
and every day someone throws me an even bigger opportunity and I take it head on and I end up excelling at it or not. Sometimes we fail, I guess. I can't really think of a time when we did though because I think it's all about perspective. Right. Yeah. It's like you can see it as a failure. You can see it as like, I learned from this to become better. Or just in the moment, it's so exciting. You don't even realize how it's not that great until you're like looking at it two years later. Like, oh, that's funny, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really believe that what Chelsea said, everybody has the capacity to achieve their calling and you, you just have to have a bravery about it and create space for it. I think by quitting your day job, Mm -hmm. quit your day job. (laughs) But really when I, when I moved to Wilmington, it was 2014. It was right before I met Erica. I moved here in 2014. Yeah. I think you came in the spring. I came in May. <clears throat> Wait, yeah. so how did you guys both end up in Wilmington? She was She's not here someone yet. Oh, that, she's not? Well, she she moved to Denver for like a year. So she oh. she was here full time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I known her, she's been in Denver. Yeah. So I didn't know she was living she, here. She and I were roommates. Like, okay. We lived together in the Honey headquarters for a, a good while. Um, we used to live in this weird trap house before that too, in on Dock Street. But she was she was dating someone that went to school here, I think. And um, <laughs> I moved here because I was like in a weird Christian cult in Texas, and I got rescued. And this guy drove me here. And we Wait, what? Holy, <laughs> back what? it up. I was like, you you guys are about to you're gonna ask me how I got here, and I said I should just wait until we're alive. Shut <laughs> up. Wait, okay. Wait, we have way more to talk I about. Know. Christian Colton, Texas. That was weird. Like, you don't need to say the name, but, like, what happened? If you want to share. I, okay, so Nature Nut, right? I wanted to get out in the world. Well, major tangent, but here we go. No, this is amazing. I wanted to get out so in the world right and <laughs> learn more about organic gardening and, and raising livestock and farming and all kinds of practical things I could do with my hands because working in media, sometimes, I'll be really honest, I got super into The Walking Dead and I started thinking, <laughs> what if this happened? What kind of person would I be? I want to be able to contribute right. to helping the world be better and be a leader. I don't want to be freaking Andrea, so I need to like <laughs> go learn some practical skills. And I love nature. I'm not afraid to go to a farm. So I went online. The, the best place to find right, the internet online. And I looked for a work exchange program where I could go somewhere and in, in exchange for physical manual labor, I could learn about gardening and farming and all kinds of stuff. And there was this dairy ranch in Texas where they milk cows by hand and you drink raw milk and you don't drink Kool-Aid. And it's like, I'll tell you what it's called. It's called the Everything Jesus Ranch. And I was like, wow, what a nice sounding place. I needed a, re- a referral from my pastor and one from a teacher, and I was good to go. I had a couple on-the-phone interviews with this woman. She was in charge of the ranch, and they were excited to have me come teach art at their little satellite school and learn all about milking cows and live on this ranch. And when I got there, it was, like, kind of weird. Everything Jesus. Everything Jesus was not I'm ranch. Mind it was blown. like the Pharisees ranch, you know? It was like it was like <sighs> all a weird place where they used the Bible to get what they wanted out of yeah. people and right. they were keeping illegal Mexican immigrants there. Shut up. Who had nowhere else to go and they were what? feeding them and you know, letting them have a, a shelter, like a like a weird trailer on this ranch, but not 
treating them with love and kindness like Jesus would. Right. Like I was. And I would get scolded for befriending these people because they wanted to like create a separation. I was white and they're Hispanic. Like you are not like them. You are not so here for the same on reasons. The property. How long did you live there? I was only there for about four four and a half months. Until long April. enough. Long enough. And I it was my ego, my young I was like twenty three. My ego and my pride that kept me there that long because my tutu and my pastor both made jokes about this being a cult. Just let us know. And I'm like, you guys, it's not a cult, okay? It's not a cult. Like, just let me go do the thing on my own, okay? And it was kind of culty, but I didn't want to admit that. And I didn't want to ask for help to leave Mm. because I was embarrassed and I felt like... I feel like that's how so many people get... Yeah. sucked into it is because their their pride and it's like and it's like this thing like yeah. I don't really know where I belong right now so I'm right. gonna find a place I was to very belong. much searching yeah. for me myself in that age you know 23 to 25 is just a time oh it's growing. a time and mm-hmm. I was I was always a leader and I always knew that about myself but there were parts of me that you know I wasn't I didn't my soul wasn't happy anywhere yet. So I felt very restless. So it felt like I'd already lived in New York City. I'd already gone and moved to LA. I had moved to Hawaii after New York just to like do something that felt crazier. I was always like trying to change my given circumstances instead of turn and reflect in Mm -hmm. and change what's inside of here. I was trying to like Pick up and go. Mm. Do something different. What's the craziest thing I can do next? I guess I can go live on a dairy farm in Texas in the middle of nowhere. Wait, where in Texas? Seguin. It's like near Austin and San Antonio. It's yeah. in the middle, kind of near Brownsville. Yeah, like in the um, hill country area. Yeah. Yeah. And I escaped that place. I ran away. Um, How'd you get out? The Hispanic ladies, Zenaida and Karen and... Maria and Manuel, they all helped me get all my stuff and put it in this ditch. And we lived down this like three mile dirt road. And I had, there's this guy from North Carolina that I had met the week before I left in a bar. And, you know, I was like healing from a broken heart and things. And I met this guy and we really hit it off in this bar. But I was like, I'm leaving to go to a farm. I'm never going to see you again. He's like, let me get your number. And I'm like, I'm leaving to go to a farm. I'm never going to see you again. It was kind of romantic. I was like all into it, you know. (laughs) But I got a call from him at some point while I was there. And I had certain, I could like speak to family occasionally. I just had to go to like the right parts of this ranch. It was 147 acres in the middle of Texas. So like parts of it, I could like get internet and things. It wasn't like out there, off the grid. And I got a call from this guy. And I couldn't remember who he was. I was like, who's this person? I don't really want to say his name just you don't because. Have to ask. We'll, we'll call him Joe. Great. I'm glad this is his real name. <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> that would be, I'd be like, that's weird. And um, he said, yeah, I was, uh, do you remember me? We met at this bar at BTM in New Bern. And I was just sitting there and there was this guy and he was talking about this girl he knew in high school. And I realized that we were talking about you. And I got your phone number from him. So I thought I'd give you a call. And I was like, this is weird. That's God saving you. And I was like, well, hey. And he's like, so how's the farm in Texas? And I told him all about it. I told him about the leader, how they're kind of manipulating these people and how they don't really like me because I have a voice. It was sort of this like 
there was friction there from the get-go. This woman in charge and me, I was just, I was just not going to take any of her yes. bullshit, you know? Yeah. It just was like a thing. And he said, you're in a cult. I was like, it's not a cult. He said, that is a cult. It doesn't have to be like drinking Kool-Aid, people having, you know, weird intercourse and things and... like that. Like, yeah. you're, you're in a culty environment. Like, you got to get out of there. I was like, well, I don't have any money. And I, like, spent the last of my money on this plane ticket to get here, and I'm just here. So I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, well, I finished my job next Tuesday, and I got two weeks off before I have to be in Mississippi. I'm, I'm just going to come get you. Shut up. This wasn't, like, the first conversation we had because I, like, enjoyed the first conversation we had. And then he said, can I call you tomorrow? And I was like, sure. So I, like, go back out to the spot where I could talk. And we talked again for the second night, and he said, I'm just going to come get you. And I think he had, like, very romantic intentions, and he was like, we really hit it off four months ago. I don't have anything better to do. He was probably in a weird place. I was in a weird place. He drove across the country. He picked me up in a ditch. We literally drove, turned and just went west into the sunset, and I was like, I'm free. Like, I'm not in this cult anymore. And he was from North Carolina, and so was I. And after our first date was, like, a two-week road trip, you know, camping. <laughs> Um, I, across the country. I like can't even. Why are you making yeah. a movie about your life? So we wrote it. We wrote this because I, well, I had a conversation like this with a film director named Natalie. She lives in Atlanta and her husband is from Scotland and they're these like fantastical filmmakers that are our age. They're just like really special people. Mm -hmm. And Natalie said that. She said, you need to write this all down. I want to make this a film. So I actually wrote a memoir about the ranch. It's called The Untitled Memoir of the Ranch. You can read it. It's 49 pages. It's real interesting. It's very real. I definitely want to read this. It's like my diary entries and then me just word vomiting about everything I can remember and the people and the experience. And you did know, you take it? Did you keep a diary while you were there? Yeah, it was very. It was like sporadic though. Can I get a copy of this before we lose power this weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only on the. It's like on a, a oh, word doc. So okay, I'll, just I'll go email print it, it out. Later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll email it to you, but there's right, some things that you two are going to like be in the club if you read it, because it's like, you know. It's Have like, you ever uh, heard of that cult in Waco, Texas? They made like a TV show about it. I just hear, in general, Texas is a culty place. Culty place, yeah. I guess. I'm from there. Yeah. I'm not in a cult, I don't think. But <laughs> that's what that, kind of, when you were telling that story, it kind of reminds me of that, because they're like kind of give people this like sense of like freedom and individualism to like find themselves yeah. and then they get stuck and they can't leave mm -hmm. and their minds get tricked into believing false truths about God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a time the woman, you know, I, I felt brave enough to come to her and say, this isn't really what I was expecting coming here. So we had these conversations on the phone and I'm feeling like I would like to be doing something different than what you have me doing now. Um, like, I'm not in high school. I don't need to do SAT prep anymore. I don't know why you think I'm in your weird school. Like, I came here to work with my hands, and you're you're taking the fact that I didn't go to college, and you're trying to, like, get into my brain and make me feel like I'm not a smart person. So you're telling me I need to, like, learn this and do this and do that. And I'm just feeling, like, strange about this. Yeah. So I just want to have a conversation. And however it – I kind of blacked the memory out. However it ended – I was sobbing like you're in the principal's office and you like can't stop yeah. crying. 
I just remember sitting in the kitchen and she was yelling at me and I could not stop crying. And she was just telling me to get a hold of myself, that I needed to find myself in the Lord because she shouldn't have this much power over authority over my emotions. And she just would attack me. And it was like, it was like, that was like the straw that broke it. And I remember calling my tutu and she told me, you have the light and that woman feels threatened by you. So she's trying to... She's trying to like scare you into, you know, being one of her people that just mm-hmm. doesn't follow their intuition, that just like seeks her for the answer. And that is scary and weird. And around that same time, that guy called and I just got out of there. Good. I called them, I told the Mexican people too that I was leaving. And they called me the next day and they left as well. I have Good. no idea what's happening at the Everything Jesus Ranch, but don't go there if you're listening. I'm going to Google it. Is it online? It's online. I've, I've looked it up like years ago and they're still selling raw milk and they do like a farm to table restaurant and stuff where they like, they're always just trying to make money to get people to like stay open yeah. and that kind of thing. But that is nuts. And what a ton totally of events for this podcast. Me. I know. Sorry. I mean, I'm so glad that happened. That's though, incredibly because, interesting. That is, yeah. That is insane. So you left with the boy, yeah, and then y'all then did this two-week adventure first date situation, and then you came back to North Carolina. We ended up in Wilmington. Um, I had an I had an agent the whole time, so I was like acting, but he knew I was kind of off the grid. And then when I was like back to society, I let him know, and there were auditions happening, and I got a call back for a feature film that was shooting in Wilmington, and my sister lived here, and she she's a teacher here, she still does, so I had been here before, I used to live on her couch, and like, in her dorm room and stuff when I was shooting movies here, before I lived here, so mm-hmm. I was like familiar with Wilmington, I knew all the film people, and there's like a big indie community of people that just care about each other's work, so I told the guy, I said, let's just go to Wilmington and I'll go to this callback in person. And, you know, even if I don't get the part, if we find a place that we like, it's just meant to be and we should stay. And he said, okay. He just had no prospects. <laughs> so he's kind of like my vehicle, like in a way. At, Literally. and But not really, because we were together for a long time before things went sour. And, you know, it's all part of the path. Mm-hmm. I talked to Cody about this a lot. I'm so thankful for that person. You know, it was like, right. it's a big scar on my heart and like a, a hard thing to have to go through. It didn't end well. It was like a big last love, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I learned so, so much about, I can't, I could not and would not be the woman I am right now if I was still with that person, but without knowing what it's like to be with that person, who he sounds like a knight in shining armor on this, but like. That's right. just like what we're talking There's a about reason right it now. Ended. Right. Yeah, total. Lots of many reasons it ended, and um, I I thank him all the time for who I am because I am I'm so empowered because of that relationship. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. or fortunately, yeah. So we ended up here, and I think it was like three or four months later. It was like done forever, and I I just had this place that I had to figure out how to pay for by myself. This was my last day job. Y'all ready for it? I was Sparkle the Elf at the mall. I worked with Santa. Shut up. And I made up the job. I just showed up and was like, I got to have a job. It's got to be seasonal, but I cannot work in retail. And I got to still be acting because I swore to myself I would not do anything that wasn't creative. So what can I do right now to get a job right now? Because I know I can walk in anywhere and just get a job. And I was like, 
I'm going to the mall. So I showed up <laughs> and I said, Independence Mall. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm dead. Speak to whoever runs the best Santa podcast ever. ever. <laughs> so I go in and there's this woman named Helen and she's like in the weird back office, you know, upstairs in the mall. Who knew there was an upstairs at the mall? And I go in there, I have this resume. I was just wondering if there were any positions open to be Santa's elf. <laughs> and she said, we don't have elves for Santa. And I said, I come with my own costume and my name is Sparkle the Elf. And I have 12 years experience as an actress and I'm here to work. And she said, you want to run the photography studio and you can wear that costume? And I said, yep. And she said, all right, Sparkle. And that was that. And so I, I did that. And then every year they asked me to come back. So we did it for three years just because it was like very sweet and lovely. And I'll show you guys pictures later. Oh but like, my gosh, that's the picture we're going to put on our I Instagram. I have elf ears and everything. I just don't, is this even real yeah. life right now? This is incredible. What an adventure. So you asked what my job is. I'm like, <laughs> y'all. I've had all the time. I've been... I've been cult girl. I've been sparkle. I was a twerking Elsa for a little while. At, Shut. For this, like, party planner lady. I was the Easter Bunny at the mall. I have done a lot. I've grinded real hard to be able to Talk be a film producer. It. But I always say it's, like, all the stories I get to tell Ellen DeGeneres, which is essentially you guys right now. So <laughs> this is great practice for that. Manifest you know? that. We'll yeah. be Ellen one you day, know. and you'll be, yeah. like... Yeah, Jennifer Anderson on that level. Yeah. yeah. So all the you know the day jobs you had to do to get to where you can achieve your dream, just keep going. It yes. happens. It happens. That is so true though. Like you always hear or see like people always say like on Instagram you see like the highlight reel of people's yeah. lives. Oh yeah. And even like celebrities, you just think like they woke up one day and they were famous. And they just have this, like, successful acting or music career or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, you never hear about the Sparkle the Elf moments (laughs) where they're, like, grinding it out day to day just trying to, like, live and survive and get to from step or point A to point B, you know? And so it's so cool that you're just like, here's where I am. The turning point was when Erica and I moved into this trap house I told you about. And rent was only $120 a month. So it was, like... We can literally do anything we want for $120 a month. So that's when Honeyhead happened. And we like began to be able to start to try to figure out how to have a company and not have to work for someone else. So it was like a major, you know, financial sacrifice. We lived in a weird spot for a minute, but that was temporary. It's all mm-hmm. how it is. It wasn't really a trap house. We just call it that. I mean, like there was not, yeah, no so drugs were happening. Yeah. You know, it was just. <laughs> a dirty old weird spot that was like made for two people maybe like six people lived in it you know and this the title of this episode is gonna be <laughs> cold, trap house girl, queen. cold girl meets sparkle the elf meets trap house queen <laughs> trap queen <laughs> okay so okay so when in in the story of all of that did you and erica like end up moving in and this whole thing started uh, uh 2016 Okay. Summer. So three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And then December is when we produced our first movie. And I guess it's 2019 now. So we're going on three years. Wow. Yeah. So that wasn't even that long ago. Not that long Not ago. Really. And look at y'all now. Yeah. I like, I was just telling... growth has just been like... Yes. I was just telling Chelsea, and or maybe you were here too. I don't remember now. I'm like so like <laughs> in shock from the cult situation that like... 
you are constantly working on something. Yeah. Like Honeyhead Films on the gram, which like I know gram isn't always real. It's always oh, it's real. grinding. It's real because I can't even put it all up there. There's so much stuff. Like, so much. So many yeah. projects, which is amazing. It's kind of crazy because we don't know how to operate with help. Like we kind of get like in this point where we're, we're like, wait, we have help? I don't know how to delegate. Like mm-hmm. I just can't. I can't. I don't know how. It's so challenging and it's been a huge learning curve having Erica in Denver so she's been there for since October because I've had to get help I've had to you know kind of farm things out to certain editors like Logan edited your doc yeah he just approached us he begged to edit something for us which was such an honor I was like this guy really really wants to edit something for us I just don't know what to give him it was like I wasn't sure I didn't know and then Erica was going to edit it. She was going to. And it was like the day we wrapped your doc and we were sitting at Satellite having a little drink. And she, she's got this like panic in her eyes because she's trying to like move back across the country, buy a house, you know, like balance all these clients that we have in Denver, balance all this post stuff. We had just shot you as well as like 10 day production block of all the other things that we did. I know, you had like two music videos, all that stuff. And we're trying to like put it into the calendar to figure out when we can make some deadlines and our eyes are just like this big. And I said, we're going to call Logan and Logan's going to edit this doc and he's going to do a great job. And she said, okay. And so we called him and he was so stoked. He was so excited. And he did a great job. All we did was hand him the hard drive and gave him the song and he did that. What you saw, maybe he had like three notes. We had like changed a couple things. Are you serious? Yeah. He just seen knew it? you. He got you. He totally got you. Like when he sent me that intro, that was the first thing he sent me. I was crying and I called him and I said, Logan, like you know Catherine. It's like you've never met her, but you know her. She wants to be on The Bachelorette. And you basically just made her documentary look like her personal episode of like her reality show. I was like... You just nailed her. Like, you nailed the intro. And then he went from there. And yeah. I think it is so wholesome and funny and you and authentic. And I guess it's because that's what we shot. Because that's what you Yeah, it's all because of your footage, out, You know? Mm-hmm. But having help has been really hard to figure out that you need it. You know? Mm-hmm. Growth. It's like, mm-hmm. you look at all these other companies and they're operating with employees. And they have... People taking care of like administrative things that just, they used to I do. I just like don't know how yeah. to let go of right. that. So, really and that's like a learning curve. Yeah, it's yeah, like a learning curve for most like business owners. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when you create the business, you create it, so you wear all the hats, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it grows, and you can't handle it, and you're like, oh, I have to like be okay with like someone else doing yeah. a different kind of work than I would do for the same job. And you've got to like maintain your brand and it's like how you know it's like having a second shooter or like maybe having someone teach a soul class. Yeah. Have you done that yet? Yeah. What's it like? Is it weird? Is it you know it's like I get kind of freaked out about it. Yeah I do too. Like I just hired an an intern and like Michael and I were talking about like well let's like pay for her to get certified so that you can have a second coach and like just like planning ahead for the future and I love this human and I was like oh my gosh that's scary to think that like I wouldn't be coaching every class yeah Mm -hmm. because it's just like it's my it's my baby don't mess up with don't mess with my baby right and you can take care of it yeah yeah I'm gonna take on an intern or two next year too because I have so many weddings and like I I feel like I finally reached a point this year with my workload of a good work-life balance with 
like Jordan and friends and this and everything in between. And it's going to be that much crazier next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, I need to bring someone on to one. I just love like helping people and pouring into them and helping them go after their dreams too. But I'm already like, oh my gosh, like who do I pick? And like, how am I going to do a great job of teaching them, but also like letting go of some control of things that I am going to have them help me with. So I totally can relate to that. And, but I think it's such a necessary and like pivotal point of a, it's such like a good thing, yeah. you know, yeah, it's like it's a good problem to have to right? know yeah. that you need, you exactly. Need help. Yeah. And I'm so glad Erica will be back. I mean, she'll, she'll be here in like 12 days forever, you know, and never going to move again, mm-hmm. bought a house, I know she's going to stay. And it's been the hardest year ever. If yeah. you can imagine trying to like exist as a human and run a company with your your partner who you can't work without. Like we mm-hmm. are a team in that way. She shoots, I'm there. Like, you know, she. it's just so, so difficult to balance across the country. And we did it. We did it. We did it. And it's like, if we can do that, we like, can do anything. Yeah. Wait till she goes back. Y'all are not even ready. Yeah. It's like, we're coming back from Africa. I don't know what's happening after that, but it'll be something. I actually have something that I could announce that I just found out on my way here. That's I know. Uh, yes. So. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. In 2017, it was our third film we shot in Four Oaks, North Carolina. It's a movie called Lorelei, and Erica and I act in it together. We play sisters. She wrote it. Um, super, super tiny crew like not even a real film set. It was one of those things we didn't have any money. We just really wanted to tell this story. And by happenstance, we met this photographer. His name is Alex Harris. And he's he's a seasoned, um, incredible, like, I don't even know. He, he teaches at Duke. He's been photographing amazing, like, docu-style journalism things. And he got... A commission from the High Museum of Atlanta to go on set of Southern film sets and photograph the characters as if they were real. And our movie, um, which is like this really raw, gritty story about poverty in Lumberton, was his first set that he was on. And he came with us. And we just found out today that we're officially in the exhibit that opens on the 29th of November at the High Museum in Atlanta. What? Shut up. So we get to go there and be in an exhibit, which is That's really so awesome. odd. And it's so that amazing. So but this, cool. this man has been photographing for three years, Southern films. And he started on our tiny set, and then I've been watching his journey on Instagram. And I was so How sure cool. that we weren't going to like make the cut because our teeny little, and tiny little thing. And yeah. he, he wrote us this sweet email just saying how proud he's been watching us grow as a company and he recommended us for the blog because of the unique story of Honeyhead and that I don't know he's just inspired by us which I was like wow he should be he's a really really lovely man so wow and then you just made Wilma's what was the honor called yeah the steam uh you know science technology engineering math they added an arts in there and um that's us. We're the women to watch in the arts. Kind of. They have, like, awards. We didn't win an award. They just highlighted us. And in you the, were featured the in the magazine, yeah. too, which is insane. Yeah, it was very cool. Especially, like, for Wilma's a really big local publication, mm-hmm. so that's awesome. 
Wow. Like, you're just like, things are fortunate. They're good. They're really good right now. They have been really good since we've just started, you know? Just keep doing it. And things happen. Good things happen when you believe they will. Mm. And when you are a good person, I think. Yeah. So can you touch on what's happening in Africa? <coughs> After I... Yeah, she slid that in. She's like, so like, can we go to Africa next week? It's not next week, but... It's next month. It's this This month. month. September. Chelsea, I haven't even thought about (laughs) Africa. I will tell you what I know, and I need to hop on a call with some people who know a little bit more than I do. But we got this gig through a really awesome producer woman in Denver. So another reason why it was awesome for Erica to move to Denver, all the opportunities that, that put us in a different market, just... You know, Wilmington's lovely and wonderful, but there's a ceiling here. And it's Mm -hmm. like, once you know everyone, you feel like you just know everyone. So moving to Denver, becoming a satellite thing there was awesome. And through that, we met this woman in Andrea who hooked us up with a gig to travel to Sierra Leone. We're going to the Quinaduga district, which is the poorest region in Sierra Leone, which is the poorest country in Africa. It's called the heart of Africa. And this is a place where there's no formal education for at least a radius of three hours. So it's south of Freetown where there's a college, but this place doesn't have one. Um, And it's a small village and they've been building a college out of like hay and mud, you know, like building it like how you would think they would be building a college in Africa, but it has internet there. They're going to have only one teacher in person and it's only a three room college, but this is life changing for this village. And we're going there Erica and I as the documentary filmmakers to basically do what we did with you but for nine days instead of four and follow the leaders of this community around the chiefs the people that are going to be attending the college all the kids that are getting raised up in this community we're doing interviews with them we're getting b-roll of you know beautiful Africa we get to go on a safari which sounds really awesome and essentially, there's all these donors for this nonprofit in Milwaukee, and they want an update. They want to know what's happening there. No one's ever gotten to see anything because when people go, they go there to work. They're not there to film things and create a lovely little video. So we're documenting the process of them building a college. In wow, this amazing. In Sierra Leone. I can't wait to see. I'm excited. I, we got a drone, so we have to figure out how to use that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, our friends at Lighthouse are, are helping us prep for travel because carrying all that stuff, we really Mm. want to pare down. I think I'm just going to buy a bunch of clothes and then leave them all there. You know? That's what I did when I went to Africa. Yeah. And I haven't really thought about it. Honestly, we've been, it's like you said, the summer has just been like every day is full to the brim that it's like one day at a time we'll get there we'll get there we'll think about it we'll plan for it when it comes in september is what i've been saying thank you for reminding me it's september 3rd third yeah holy crap even in 25 days so we should start thinking about it maybe after the the documentary release i'll be able to focus on africa wow you I'll, can focus I'll be on turning Africa 29 <laughs> in Africa, so that'll be fun. I'll oh, you're younger. Time. I didn't know you were younger. Like, I thought we were the same age. How old are you? I'm 30. You're 30? I'm 27. She's a baby. Yeah. Happy almost birthday. Thanks. Wait, when's your birthday? October 2nd. It's mm-hmm. almost October 3rd, which is the Mean Girls Day. Yeah. 
Do you know that? No. What's the Mean, the mean Girls? The Mean Girls movie where she like turns around and asks her crush in math class, what day is it? And he says, it's October 3rd. And that's the first time she ever talked to him. I don't remember that part of Mean Girls. Oh, it's the whole thing. Oh, it's a mean girl. It's a mean Girl. Yeah. Is it a meme? Yeah. A meme from meme yeah. girls? Yeah. So the day after your birthday, look on the gram and okay. you'll see a bunch of memes going around. Well, I'll be in Africa, so you look for me and I'm just, <laughs> here's a question. Maybe you guys have some thoughts. What do you think, you know, coming from, this is a true thought, a real, I want your advice. So you guys are really active on Instagram. We are too. It's probably how we get so much business. I think it's just part of it. It's mm-hmm. like, People see you're doing things all the time. They trust you with their work. They want to work with you. They want to, like, you know, be in the know. When we're in Africa, do you think I should put my intern in charge of our Instagram? 100%. Yeah. 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 And what should he... He's awesome, by the way. His name is Andy. Andy, if you're listening, we love you. Love you, Andy. Shout out. He's great. I put him in charge of our story when we were shooting The Deep End, this amazing movie did you guys know about it about well, yeah, the and you from syndrome? your well, one new from your instagram yeah you were there in a pool like an yeah and he did yeah. all that so he was yeah. great keep him keep him on doing so that. he Definitely. gets marketing and he gets it but i'm like should should we like tell people hey andy's gonna take over our instagram while we're in africa or should he just should we try to like get him pictures and he can post i don't really know you should take pictures in africa and send whenever you get like a service yeah or yeah. any type of just internet get him to send him. them all to him and yeah. then he can like slowly leak it out yeah. like yeah. and he can say he can do like an instagram takeover where he's like that yeah. would be so fun for him too he's yeah like so he can be fun. like on this like he can film himself and say like updates mm. what's going on in instagram takeover we've never i've seen people do that but i don't I mean, Andy is your guy. Oh, Andy. Definitely. Andy, yeah. bring it home, Andy. Cool. Okay. So, Because I didn't want to, like, you know when you, like, you get the lull in the algorithm. You can't, get, you can't bring thing. a lull, man. You don't want no, the lull yeah. when we're, like, traveling. Keep the hype. Keep yeah. it coming. Well, we can, like, be live until we leave Brussels, and then it'll be like, all right, peace out. Which will be fun. Cool. Okay. To do, like... Bye. We have this hashtag <laughs> called Honeyhead Goes West. And if you look at it, it's like anything we've ever shot in Denver is all Honeyhead Goes West. And now we're going to say Honeyhead Goes West Africa because it's technically east. Yes. Yeah. So I already Or have it's west if you go like the really long yeah. way. Yeah. Honeyhead Goes <laughs> way west all the way around the globe. All the way around the globe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. That's going to be incredible. Well, you're just like such a. We found out we were going to Africa when we were with you, right? Yeah, I remember that yeah, at this yeah. kitchen table. Yeah. Incredible. Wow, that feels like so long ago. So, for those of you who are listening, we don't have a a a, a place yet. Oh yeah. For the screening, but we are hosting a screening for the Soul documentary that was filmed and produced by Honeyhead Films. So. And it's really good. It's Catherine really cried. good. I cried. Connor said he shed a tear. Oh. Connor's a little I can't wait to see it. So I wish sad. you were going to be there. We can maybe give you a sneak peek before we, you leave for your honeymoon. We can show you. Yeah. For Please. sure. If you're not going to be there. You're in it. Of course you can see it. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> featured. You have a yeah. big part. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. So that's coming up. And then, like, Africa and all these amazing projects, Atlanta, galleries, it's only going to just go up and up from here for your Honeyhead films. And I'm so excited. Yeah. We have the coolest friends. We have the coolest people so, in our something lives. Something that I've been talking to Cody about is I think there's something in the water in Wilmington, and it's like not 
the Gen X thing. It's like <laughs> it's like the dream, the it entrepreneurship. Is. Because I've known you girls for a little while, and people, everyone that we know, basically probably everyone you've had on the show, everyone is doing it. They're doing it. There is not one person I know that's like working a job they don't want. I maybe yeah. I just don't associate with them yeah. by nature because I like attract the dreamers, but. I was like one day, hot oh, damn, all of my friends are living the dream, dream yeah. and they are branding themselves and they're like creating a career for themselves. And not only that, we don't live in this weird, hyper competitive environment. Mm-hmm. Everyone is supporting Supportive. each other. That's here. the key. That's like it the thing really in the water. Is. It's like a community. How can we all exist? How are we this weird anemone where and we're like, just the it's crazy? Lovely. The crazy thing about it is like this type of community of like supporting and loving and like encouraging and admonishing one another it's like what God intended mm-hmm. and like all these other communities that aren't getting it right are missing that yeah. and i feel like wilmington has just kind of like latched onto this like supportive loving mindset mm-hmm. and that is what pushes people to their ultimate potential i don't think like we say this all the time and it I don't think anyone that, like, doesn't live here, or at least, I mean, even people that live here probably don't always see it if they're not living it, but it's so hard to explain to people, like, it is so insane that, like, there's so many people going after it, and not only going after it, but, like, crushing it in this town, and everyone is so, like, Everyone's everyone's cheerleader, which yes. is like the most beautiful part. And it's like that's how you. And then when you when you come across those rare people who aren't cheerleading, you can tell. Like you can, you can like feel you it. can feel an energy yeah. that's like different, or like maybe they're not like stepping into what they were called to because they're just all in this competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. But like you can just feel that. Oh know. yeah, you can feel. I can read that tension. people for sure. Yeah, I I, I think I'm pretty perceptive. Of mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But I also just choose not to associate with people like that. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like it's all in my head because I only just pick awesome people <laughs> to be around all the time. But I just keep running into the more awesome people, you yeah. know? Yeah. Erica's partner, Danny, is moving to Wilmington because of this amazing energy really? from Denver. Where he's an established, wow. incredible painter. But the, the energy in Denver, he says it's just not the city he grew up in. It's changing so much. There's so much gentrification. There's just so much competition, and you're such a small fish. And he comes here, and he sees, you know, he comes to our events, and he's like, at our client parties and all this stuff. And it's like, wow, people really care about each other right. here. All your friends have good vibes. I can't wait to be a part of that community. That's amazing. Super oh. cool. Yeah. I mean, I think back to that event we had after the hurricane last year, and we had only been living here for a few months at that point. Yeah. So we moved here, you moved here in June. Hurricane happened in September, and Catherine and I right away were like, okay, what are we doing? We need to do something to help. We just felt so, like, yeah. one, fortunate that we came home to a house that was completely fine, and two, that we were in the position that we were in. And so we had lunch one day. Literally sat down to lunch on a Thursday, maybe, it was a Thursday two- or Friday. Yeah, and we, and we had, had it the, the next following Monday or Tuesday. Like, we had it like within four days. It was within lunch. a few days. The sweat and shop. Uh huh. Yeah, and over a hundred people came. We wow. got the space donated to us right away. We had seven or eight vendors that were totally on board to donate 
their time and products. product or like raffles and a percentage of their fees or whatever. And we didn't have a sign up or anything. We just like kind of put it out into the world. We probably should. <laughs> I'm glad we have. didn't though. We were sitting in this tiny little room. Oh, not tiny, but like it felt tiny at that point because we already had all these vendors set up. And people start coming in. And we're like, okay, this is cool. This is going to be really fun. We're going to have oh, people are showing up. It's great. Class. This is great. There's people here. And then people just kept pouring in. And we're looking at each other like, what if we can't fit? What if we, like, what are we going to do? I start going out. I'm like, let me go outside. Let me see if there's space that we could go outside and do the yoga out there because I don't know how the heck this is going to work. we had to lay mats. Like, it was like a whole thing. Yeah. And somehow, by the grace of God, we fit like over 100 people in that room. But that was the first time I ever really got a glimpse of like, wow, this town is amazing. Yeah. We were able to pull this off. And I mean, it wasn't just us. Like, we just put it out there and people came. Like, it wouldn't have been what it was unless people had the hearts to come. You know right. what I mean? This is like so incredible that this this is how these people are. And ever since then it's just been continuing and building even more and I think what just, it comes down to is our like relationships, you know, like Yeah. The community. The community. So cool. It's so bomb. So happy to be here. We have four Yes. <laughs> we have four questions that we ask every guest. Oh, yeah. I forgot. So. I was just in a daze remembering when I met you. She was my bridesmaid. Yeah. Shoot. For that your style, too. Yeah. That was the first I was time like, we met. Because I was thinking well, about community and we I was had like, met, when did I meet you? We had met at the Halloween party for Axis Yoga, but we yes. were both dressed up. You were, you I, were you Toy were Story. I was Toy Story. Now I remember you meeting like, you. Yeah. And we were like... In the big room yeah. and like doing that game. Oh my gosh, that feels like that. But was like, it didn't feel like I was actually meeting you because I'm meeting because your character. I was a weird you gypsy. Were so you weird were a gypsy. You were like peg leg. You and Cody. You were like another yeah. level. That's so yeah. funny. But then I was like, I was going off in a daze. I feel like I've known you my whole life, and I was like, that was not that long ago. It wasn't. It was less than a year ago, and I met you the first time at Cody's yoga teacher training graduation in the pool. In the pool. I remember that. Yeah, when you took pictures. I took pictures for Which the graduation. Which wasn't that long ago either. That was like a year ago. I remember thinking you were kind of shy. And I remember she has thinking a, she's you, a soft nature. Like not yeah. shy, but I'm just like observant. Like a bit, um, I wasn't gonna say observant. What was I gonna say? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> but it's like my first perception has totally like yeah. you as Jesse. Now I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> Jesse. Well, that was like, I just showed up there. Like, that was when I kind of was just getting to really know Reserved. Macy. and like That was like my first time over meeting her mom. We were at her house, and they had me like, I didn't know any of the yogi um, graduation people. She just asked me to come like shoot it, and I, I kind of felt like weird about just being there for like a party that wasn't mm-hmm. for me you know what I mean I she like she like let me hang weird. out and I was like I didn't graduate why am I here <laughs> yeah cool? I was like hired to be there yeah but like but she made but it she seem was... like you'd been shooting for them forever because oh, I, I totally I totally did not pick up on that yeah I was like oh that's Chelsea's amazing, the in-house you know? photographer yeah she's yeah. she was so good at like just being like oh yeah just come take pictures yeah. and then you can like hang out with us at the pool and Jordan came and yeah yeah, it was, and now a year later, it's like has it been? She's like family. Crazy. Yeah, Mets. I just shot wow. the second Yuji. Yeah. Graduation. And Arissa uh, graduated. Huh? Arissa graduated. Arissa yeah. graduated. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
All these and grads. Ashley Bowers. Ashley Bowers. Yeah, I saw yep. that. I saw your pictures. Yep. They look exactly the same yeah. as the other one. Because it's <laughs> in the same spot. They're wearing the same shirt. Exactly. Yeah, Branding, man. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. Stick yeah. to the brand. What a ride. Well, okay. So our four questions. Okay. First one. Um, what is something that you're currently binging or like obsessed with? It doesn't have to be like not a TV, TV show. show. I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just tell you because I don't have a TV. Cody and I don't watch TV or shows. Just so interesting because you're an actress. So weird, right? But I'm a programmer for Cook Wars and I finished my 486th short film last this morning at 10 a.m. of the summer. So oh. I've been watching independent short films from all over the world. You've been wow. binging art. Creativity. My brain hurts. I'll tell you that. All kinds of things. Animated, documentary, music, video. Like everything, all that. So I guess I've been binging that. I don't binge other things. I create things. I'm truly, like, if it's not the summer and I'm not programming, I don't watch anything. Yeah. I saw Peanut Butter Falcon. It was good. Never heard of it. The writer or director is from North Carolina. It's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. It's I love about Peanut Butter. a boy with Down syndrome who escapes from um, a retirement community where he's like forced to live because he doesn't have a family. Oh my gosh. It's pretty oh. rad. Is it, a, is it a local film or no, is it like Shia in the... Shia is like the lead Oh, okay. I thought it was like a local situation. But do you know Charlie Ball? Mm-mm. He's a really great friend of ours. He directed Lorelei, and he went to college and was his roommate, the guy who wrote and directed it. Oh, so wow. it's like kind of Everything's cool. connected. Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. So Peanut Butter Falcon's great. I'm not binging anything that anyone else can see unless you come to Cook Flores in Wilmington. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, well, you've already answered this, kind of, uh, but what is something that you're excited for in the rest of this year? Something coming up in the rest of 2019 that you're excited for? I'm trying to think of something we haven't already talked about, but I think truly I'm just excited for the new season of Erica coming back and us moving into our office and having some normalcy Mm -hmm. because it's been such a crazy year that I'm really looking forward to whatever the next chapter is. And we never have any idea what it looks like. So that's really exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. So cool. I guess planning a wedding. I haven't started. Oh yeah. (laughs) By the way, Uh, she's engaged. We like didn't even talk about that. I haven't started. It's like, got to get the house first. Got to get the house first yeah one can... one feet at a time yeah. mm-hmm. totally understand F- f-e-a-t it's a lot okay yeah. if you're not in the right <laughs> like, like i doubted myself after yeah. I thought that. I was if like, you're not in the right like mindset <laughs> it's not enjoyable like I, when we I got first... a dress i have a dress it's amazing yes oh my god yeah I to see it. but i just that's it yeah i'm so good it. at planning stuff though i think it'll just come together like the sweat and shop it'll be fine. it will Four days, just throw it together, get a couple good vendors. Honestly, that's what you said about your family being there is all I really care about anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when it comes down to it, I think we're just gonna, it's just gonna be entirely us. Yeah. You know, I can so see that. I feel like the pressure I put on myself is like because I'm a photographer, a wedding photographer, and I'm like, I want my wedding to be beautiful. But in the end, like, I really just know that it's gonna be amazing and I'm gonna feel that love and beauty because of like who's there yeah that's the most important part yeah um okay third question Mm -hmm. what is something that you love about yourself 
something I love about myself. I, I kind of love this new you have a calming voice thing. <laughs> it, I get it quite a bit. So I'm, I guess I'm learning to love my aura. And that is included in the way that my voice sounds. I think Cody tells me that a lot, that I have a really light-filled aura. That when I go, I go places, people feel warm and mm-hmm. they feel cared for. So I love that I hear that about myself and I, I know that they are cared for and loved. And I love that people mm-hmm. recognize that because that's what I want. My, one of my yoga teachers, Mary, asked, you know, what do you want out of life? And everyone was kind of answering things. Somebody said, I want to be happy. I want this. I want to, you know, grow old with my parents and all this. And I just thought about it. And I said, I never want to be the cause of someone else's unhappiness. That was like a new way of seeing it because you can't always be happy, but you can at least try to always make everyone else feel great mm-hmm. all the time. So That's I, I yeah. hope that, and I know that it is, people are feeling that because they tell me. So, it's so I like true. my light-filled aura. Do you know what your Enneagram number is? Seven. Really? I don't really know what that means, but She's my an friend enthusiast. Katie, yeah, see that. Katie Barclay told me all about that. Seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, Have you guys heard about the guy who sings songs? Yeah, Sleeping yeah. at Last. Yeah, I've listened to all of it. Cool, it's amazing. I need to listen to mine. Yeah, it it like will hit you hard. You're like, <sighs> you just like sang my soul. Oh, I need to look that it's up. It's good. Okay, last question. If you could tell women one thing, what would you tell them? If I could tell women one thing. It would be to, I'm thinking of like, who's listening, right? It's like all these people that are so empowered by your podcast, I wonder if they're empowered enough to like go start their podcast Mm. and let this be a ripple-y thing. Mm -hmm. I have a few role models that in various, I mean, some are in the arts, some are not, some are just amazing most of them are women and you kind of start to emulate people that you're inspired by and one day you wake up and realize you're inspiring so many people or you can you have the ability to do that and once I stepped into the role of inspirer and like owned it it was like magic everything around me happened but it was not like a selfless a selfish desire it was it was realizing the power I had as as a beautiful kind woman to be able to make everyone's life better instead of like in such a weird place where we live Mm -hmm. in society like jealousy and comparing yourself it's like no lift each other up inspire each other and be the person that you know can can like pave the way for other people that wasn't really like a coherent sentence but it's just an idea of um just know know who you are and that you have the power to to do what we're doing right now which is just like put it all out there and mm-hmm. everybody has that in them and i think as women the best thing you can do is just help each other do that yeah and love each other for doing it you know so good mm. preach girl my heart snaps <laughs> um where can people find you and your business Plug it, baby. Uh, we're on the gram. Yeah, you are. At Honeyhead Films. I have a personal Instagram that 
ever since I started running a company, I don't use as much, but that's more my dog and my love and mm-hmm. my space and all that, you know, intimate stuff. And that's at Christy Ray of Sunshine. It's spelled with a K R I S T I R A Y of Sunshine. <laughs> and we also have Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash honeyheadfilms. I have an acting page that's pretty exciting. I post all kinds of you know, when you can catch me on TV and movies and things like that, facebook.com slash Christy Ray Actress. And uh, Erica just revamped our website, honeyheadfilms.com. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes so you can link it and get there quicker. Yes. Thank you so much. You're Your life is this just the fun. coolest. This I can't fun. wait to watch the movie about you. I know. They submitted it to this festival in Italy. It was supposed to be this kind of like coming of age American, like religion versus sexuality and this like whole duality thing. And they didn't get a grant for it. So nothing ever came of it. But we shot it. Would teaser. you play yourself? I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I would want to direct it because I'm. it would be a little too... Close to Meta, home. yeah. When we were shooting, if you could the pick teaser, one actress to play you, who would you pick? Britt Marling. Britt Marling from Marling. Britt oh. Marling from the OA. <gasps> yes. Wait, I don't know if this. That's finished. such a good show. So binge the OA. Okay. It got canceled, but did it really? It. Yeah. There's the like been protests about was weird. it. She's just great. She's because it didn't she's, have her. She's like she's one of my role models. Oh, I know. I you recognize know who I'm her. About? She. Started writing and producing for herself. I can totally see her playing you. She does a lot of culty movies, too, so I think she'd be into that it. That show yeah. is insane. Yeah. Like, it's pretty wild. It starts off with her. She's been missing for years, and she's blind, and so her parents are, like, so scared. Like, what happened to her? And she comes back, and she's not blind anymore. And Yeah. It's like a sci-fi. I'm into sci-fi. It's good. You'll like it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll binge that next. That'll be my question when people ask me, what are you binging right now? OA, Britt Marley. No, OA. But we, when we were shooting the teaser for the, the thing to like submit for a grant, we, we cast people that look just like the people, and then I was me. And Erica... Was it so weird It was you? so weird. Erica played this girl named Emily, who was this autistic chicken whisperer woman, girl, young girl that lived... She was like my roomie, and... Erica did it like so convincingly. She's always like the character actress, so she's like doing this weird thing. And I just had a moment where I looked around and I was like tripping out. Yeah. And I said, this is a little too much. Like, why are we doing this? We're just recreating my life. Right. It's very, very weird. I don't think I should be the one to act in this. I yeah. felt like I think we should change some things about Yeah, the you story. need to direct and and I should be I plus I feel too old now at this point. Like, cause in reality, I'll be in my 30s if this ever happens. And mm-hmm. it's not really the same as, like, a young 20-something, you know? Yeah. So I'd, I feel like I'd want... And she's way too old. She's older than me. So it wouldn't be Britt Marling <laughs> playing me in this movie. But, you know, a, a young, vulnerable... I feel way too wise to play myself at 23 yeah. now. That makes sense, <laughs> Right? Though. Thank God, right? Yeah. You're, like, a totally different person. Woo! It would be grow. hard to you do that. Grow. I think yeah. it'd be hard to, like... I would... Put yourself back in that. It's so tough. Yeah. Because you you can't judge your character. That's like the biggest rule of acting is you have to, you can't judge your character. Even if they're a terrible person, you can't judge them. You have to like believe it's you Mm -hmm. if you want it to be real. Kind of weird. I don't know. It's like so meta. All of it. No one ever plays themselves in a movie. That would just be 
really odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we love you so much. This was amazing. This was such a treat. I really forgot the microphone was here. I know. Obviously, we got on so many side tangents. That I don't even like, know what best though. That was so incredible. That went somewhere. Well, we love you, Christy Ray, and we love you, listeners, and we will talk to you. Bye. Bye.